welcome back as we move into the 1 o'clock hour here. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent and I taking you up until 2 o'clock today. Still to come, we're going to talk to the voice of the UNI Panthers, uh, Gary Rima, and then uh, Dr. Fuller and Trent will have another installment of the Hawkeye Swarm. So I don't know if you spent much time on Twitter last night. I know your game was uh, postponed, your softball game you were supposed mm-hmm. to do for Mediacom. Um, well, we, we got six innings. Well, you got some of it yeah, in, right. Yeah. You got some of it in. Um, so I know you are, you follow Keith Murphy on Twitter, yeah. and he was once again awarded the Sportscaster of the Year in Iowa uh, for the, I think, 19th straight year. Um, okay, maybe not that many, but you get the point. He's, uh, he's he wins most years. Anyways, he was there was a silent auction, and the uh, he came away as the winner of the auction with a Fred Lynn signed jersey. Now you're too young to remember Fred Lynn, right? 1975. Let me school you a little bit about Fred Lynn here. Uh-huh. Okay, 1975 is the year. It's his rookie year. He would be named Rookie of the Year. He would also be named the most valuable player in the American League as a rookie. Pretty good. Pretty good. 1975. Played 145 games. Uh, He he, uh, hit 21 home runs, drove in 105. His batting average was 331. What did he make that year, Trent Condon? 1975. 21 home runs, MVP, rookie of the year, 105 RBI. OPS of uh, 967. What did he make that year? Rookie scale contract, I'm going to say $72,000. $38,000. Think about that. Sounds like radio work. Well, it does. Today's today's era of radio (laughs) work. You know, 1975, when the the pro athletes, that's when scholarships were enough for the college kids. You're right, right, right. right. Things have changed, folks. This just in. (laughs) Fred Lynn, 1975, Rookie of the Year, MVP of the League. Earned thirty eight thousand dollars. I was shocked at that. Now he never ever came close to. I shouldn't say that he had a couple of good years, but by far Fred Lynn is remembered for the nineteen seventy five season when he was the, um, you know, the rookie of the year and the MVP. He played a bunch of All Star games. I uh, won some All Star MVPs. Seem to recall, but man, oh man, thirty eight thousand dollars to play in the major leagues. This is when times. And you've heard of this, yeah? When major league players used to have to find a winter job, oh well, yeah, an off season job, you know, if, sell insurance, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah, go with uh, manual labor, do what you have to do to mm-hmm. get through because, um, you know, that's not going to pay the bills. Can you imagine today's? It's just it's unfathomable. Today, the MLB minimum salary is ah, uh, the MLB minimum salary is five twenty five. Very good, five forty-five. Is it really? Yeah, it's not bad. Five forty-five in twenty eighteen. It'll escalate to five hundred fifty-five thousand next year. Unbelievable. Uh, we're going to escalate our way to Gary Rima and then to the Hawkeye Swarm. Uh, we'll save the topic for later on. It uh, is coming up before we get out of here at two o'clock. Jimmy B and TC are then back from four until six afternoon drive. I know it's Tuesday. Tuesday, you usually do some cyclone conversation. I'm just going to guess. Yes, yes. Alex Halstead is joining your pro. You don't need to tell me now. <laughs> but that would be my assumption that you're going to talk clones with Halstead. I, I'm starting to kind of fall into you. Uh, like to have that routine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with no, that. No, that way people want to hear Cappy. They know it's Wednesday. Right. The Cap Man's here. It's Tuesday. Zubin Mahente is here, as he was earlier. Tuesday. 
Alex Halstead will be here. That's what I figured. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, come back with uh, the voice of the Panthers, Gary Ryman. Yes, the Panthers play here. Football and men's basketball on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back as uh, we continue on in here to the 1 o'clock hour still to come. Trent and Dr. Fuller have a Hawkeye swarm. We'll get to that coming up here at about one thirty or so right now. As we said, we're going to talk Panthers, of course. Uh, 1700 KBGG is indeed the home of UNI Panther football and men's basketball throughout the winter months. The voice of said Panthers joins us as we do a little housekeeping with the Panthers. It's been a while since we've talked to Gary Rima. Gary, Trent, and Ken, how are you? Ken and TC, I'm doing great, having a great summer. Uh, really anxious to see the football season roll around, too, but I don't want to rush summer by, but uh, just always look forward to a start of a, a new school year, a new season from football right into basketball. So uh, just kind of in, just enjoying life, guys. It's been it's been good. Now, your court kings, by the way, Cedar Valley Court you still own that team, right? Or or have a stake in that club? Yeah, well, I, my wife and I have sole ownership of it. It's our third year of existence, and uh, God, we just we're having another great season, guys. We we've won the Midwest Basketball League title the last. Two years and now we're twelve and one this year. We were on a thirty-eight game winning streak until we got beat a couple of weeks ago on the road up in up in Minneapolis, and uh, we've won forty of our last forty-one games. But it, I tell you, the competition in the league has been outstanding. Teams have really stepped up their talent. It's been fun. We got we got teams in in Minnesota. We're the only Iowa team. Uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky, and eight eighteen team league, and it's really been fun. It's, uh, I love our guys. We uh, we just wrapped up the number one seed in the West Division playoffs coming up in late July with three regular season games to go. So have, having another outstanding year. Uh, by the way, for the Panther fans, Anthony James still plays for us. Uh, he this is his third year with us, and he, this past weekend. Scored 24 on Saturday night. We turned around and traveled to Minnesota on Sunday afternoon and had to play again. And he got 26 there. So he, he looked like his old self guy. So, you know, <laughs> age is no deal with, with AJ. He just he just keeps ticking. So it, it's been fun to see him play that way. Certainly a favorite of Panther fans, Anthony James, throughout the years. Well, Gary, normally summer basketball, you have what you're uh, doing there with the Cedar Valley uh, team, but we think about the PTL, the primetime league, and suddenly it was announced right before it was going to begin that it will not be in existence. You and I have been a big part of this for a long time, going back certainly to the McDermott era, maybe even before that, uh, but you go through and you look at the great teams. They got to play there in the Cedar Valley and Waterloo the last couple of seasons also. How tough was it to take the Panther fans that, hey, we're not going to be able to see these guys throughout the summertime? Well, I, I, TC, I think the fans are the big loser in, in that deal, and, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about the high B Classic going mm-hmm. away at the end of this year, but it was interesting that, that both of those announcements came out almost simultaneously at the same time. So in, in, just in my opinion, I, I just think there was some kind of connection there on that whole deal because uh, if if you follow the primetime basketball league that Randy Larson has run for like 31 summer straight, uh, the, the draft was set to take place a week ago Sunday. They already had the Sportsplex in Waterloo booked for three dates. Uh, the opening games were so, supposed to happen that following Wednesday. Iowa had already turned in their 12 players that they wanted to make eligible for the draft uh, a week ago 
uh, Sunday, and then that that Thursday before that, all the news hit that it was going to be the last year for the High V Classic. Iowa was pulling out, and then the announcement came out that the the primetime league was done as of then. So that just kind of an interesting thing how that all all played out or or happened. But uh, I, I think the fans are the big loser because it. Uh, the, the Iowa and the UNI fans that you would see show up at the Cedar Valley Sportsplex in Waterloo when they played those PTL games there, great crowds. You were up close and personal. You could talk to the players before the game, after the game. Um, I, I think the fans really enjoyed it. And, and I understand You know, part of the talk is because the coaches do get some time with their players now during the summer. They can get some workouts in, some team workouts, some individual workouts. But in talking with some of the players, they they miss it because they, they like the game situation. They like to put on the game uniform, have referees, have a crowd there, and get, you know, practice is practice, and, and you, you can learn a lot. But I, I, I still think as a player, you like to be in a game, a game situation. So I think there's some disappointment maybe from the players, too, that, that that's coming to an end. But uh, uh, the big losers in that whole deal, I think, are the fans who maybe can't get to – the McLeod Center during the wintertime or can't get to Carver-Hawkeye in the wintertime to, to see many games there. But in the summertime, they can come in and whether it was at North Liberty or at Waterloo, they could they could get in and see some of the, the future Panther and, and Hawks and current Panther and Hawks and and maybe some former guys that got in the league too. So it's, it's, I hated to see it end. I thought it was a great thing and, and – uh, but that, uh, that's going by the wayside now. Mm, indeed it is. Well, uh, David Harris and Ben Jacobson, um, you know, they're, they're going to talk regarding to pursuing dates at either Carver or at Hilton in the future. Um, basketball fans lose, in my opinion, Gary. They, everybody loses in this. I don't think there's any other way of looking at it. I truly don't. Now, I shouldn't, I guess, maybe tap the brakes a little bit. I do on one hand kind of get where Gary Bart is coming from scheduling-wise, but let's see what they're going to do to replace that game next year, because if it's Sisters of the Poor uh, or something along the, of that ilk, um, then I don't get the decision. But let's let's give them some time and let's see what they can be worked out here. Do you think David Harris and Ben Jacobson would be willing to, um, you know, even if you don't get a home game, even if you don't get a two-for-one, would they be willing to take the Panthers on the road in-state to Ames or Iowa City. Just my my opinion, guys, and I just just kind of listening and having my my ear to the ground, and and I, I haven't I haven't been able to talk to Coach Jacobson uh, personally since the Big Four Classic is coming to an end at the end of this year. But um, I do have some some audio of when we interviewed him uh, 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 way back. Oh, it was last year, right before the Hy-Vee Classic uh, at his press conference. We brought up the whole idea of the the Big Four Classic and and you know just the the future of it and his thoughts and and he said he liked it much better when it was home and home and and he thinks the fans like that better too. But if this is what we're going to get, this is what we'll do. We'll we'll play on a neutral floor and we'll get one game a year. But he'd much rather have it be a home and home series. Um, and then uh, it, just in previous years, just kind of hearing some talk about uh, the UNI program, I think is a Above the the grade of having to just play on the road against Iowa or Iowa State, I, I think they'll look for some 
some games against some quality Division One teams where maybe they can get a home and home. Maybe maybe it's another deal. It won't maybe be North Carolina, but maybe it's somebody along that line, a blue blood that you could get to come in for one game, and you got to return two to them. But I, I don't think I don't think uh, you and I. Uh, is crazy about playing just either at Hilton Coliseum or at Carver Hawkeye with no return game. I, Jake did make a comment in a newspaper article uh, a couple of weeks ago when this thing fell through that that uh, he would he would consider he would he would think about and talk over with David and his staff about a two for one with like Iowa State. Maybe maybe you go to Hilton next year and then they come to your place you go back to Hilton and and maybe they entertain a similar thing with Iowa but um you know I, I, it's just too bad that that they can't figure out a way to to do something we were talking about this yesterday on my radio show uh Fran McCaffrey had made a comment that they're always going to play Iowa State well uh, why not why not mix in a deal where one year you and I plays at Iowa and uh Drake maybe host Iowa State, and then the next year Iowa State uh, comes to you and I, and Iowa goes to Drake. If you're going to play just one game within the state, Iowa play in Iowa State, why not include you and I and Drake in that mix? Because Iowa has to go to Iowa State every other year, and Iowa State goes to their place. Could you mix you and I and Drake into that formula? But it just... I'd like to see something continue with, with in-state games, but I, guys, I, I just... Again, I don't think you and I would agree to only playing road games against those two schools, Iowa State and Iowa. And, uh, well, Gary, the idea is there, but you can't do away with Iowa State. Even for a year, that's a game that has to stay on the schedule. And it's disappointing from the Drake and you and I perspective, certainly, and I love the old way of doing it, but unfortunately it's never coming back. But that doesn't change the scheduling philosophy for Jake. And, And you brought this up, but... I mean, it might be a little bit vindictive, but make a phone call to Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, whoever, and say, hey, we will play a two-for-one. We wanted home-and-homes before. We will play a two-for-one. Creighton. And, and stick it to the Hawkeyes a little bit. Well, and that's a great point, and, I, and I, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that's some of the stuff that you may see you and I agree to, where they, they try and maybe, maybe they bring Oklahoma to the McLeod Center and they go twice to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Minnesota would be a, an interesting an interesting matchup where you you, you get a, a, a two for one deal with them and 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 you know Coach Jacobson and he, the way he schedules he's not going to back off the scheduling if if Syracuse calls and says you know you want to come out here and play us and we'll consider coming to your place in the game I mean, he'll he'll go he'll take those games mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 it is a situation where you and I needs to do some of that uh, to try and build a, a good at-large resume, they could pick off a few of those wins and, and make something happen. But, yeah, I, I, we, we've even thrown out the idea, TC, hey, come on, Greg McDermott's a former UNI Panther player, yeah. former head coach. He, he coached at Iowa State. Make a call to Creighton Absolutely. and say, hey, Creighton, how about, how, about you replace, how about you replace Iowa in this classic thing we do? We'll adopt you for a day. <laughs> You're right across the river there. Let's Let's bring Creighton in, in for a day and have Creighton, you and I, Drake, and Iowa State do a little one-day deal. I, Max probably 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 thinking, Rima, you just stick to radio. Our, our <laughs> schedule's fine, but but uh, you know, I, I, I listen. I, I really think the Panthers they'll get creative. Coach Jacobson will will put together a great schedule, and it's just Ken. You mentioned it, TC. You've talked about it, but it's it's just 
it's just a bad deal for the basketball fans in the state, from the kids that you know got interested in in Division One basketball in the state to the to the just the basketball fan that that we lose that one day event, and um, you know some people pushed back when it first was announced that's what was going to happen, and I get that you love the home and home, but but that turned out to be a really unique not only basketball event in the state of Iowa, guys, but nationwide. I've seen people from other states and Arkansas basketball fans that, man, that thing's going away in Iowa. I wish we'd do something like that here in our state. So we had something unique, and it gets blown up, and I, I just I just think it's really too bad. Mm, talking to the voice of the Panthers, Gary Ryman. Gary, uh, football for me real quick, and, and obviously yeah. as the season gets closer, we'll have you back on, and we'll get into a little bit deeper into this uh, 2018 Panther football team. But you, you open with Montana, and I don't know how good they're going to be. I do know they've been very good in the past. Uh, the Grizzlies are usually a pretty tough out. you got to go to Montana to take, uh, to take, on, uh, to take on the Grizz. Uh, then you get a bye, then you go to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. So right out of the chute, uh, two very tough games. Again, um, don't get real on-depth on us. We'll save that, but you know, give us kind of a prospectus, if you will, of this Panther team uh, as we approach the end of June. Well, people are pretty excited, I think, about what, what this team can do, Ken. And uh, with Eli Dunn back at quarterback, and we've got Marcus Weimiller back, our leading rusher, Jake Wagner, they're they're excited about about what uh, he can do for this football team after he went through spring drills. Um, a little work to do up front in the offensive line. Got a new offensive line coach. It's young guys. The guys are really working hard and like good receiving core back. Even though we lose to Reese Fountain, and then defensively, I, I know we lost some 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 really solid guys on that side of the football. But I think it's a reload on the defensive side. And, and really, I, I don't worry too much about the UNI defense because Mark Farley's the head coach and he's just a, a, a defensive guy. I mean, he's, he's going to, our defense is going to be fine. And we got some quality guys back and with Bryce Douglas getting a, a sixth year where he can play uh, one more season in that D line, Ricky Neal's back, Duncan Perch. I, I think we're going to be just fine defensively. The schedule's a little daunting because uh, Montana has brought back, their head coach that took him to three national championship games, got in some trouble, got let go. They brought him back. They're fired up at Montana. They're ranked in a lot of the top 25 polls. That We've never won at Montana, ever. That's just, that's, hmm. That is one of the toughest Division One FCS environments to play in. They'll be going crazy with the return of, of their old head coach that, that led to, to the, the top of the, the rankings for a number of years uh, at Montana. And then, and then to play at Iowa. I mean, that's that's just an incredibly tough game. So somehow, some way, you gotta you gotta scratch out a win early, because that that Missouri Valley football conference schedule is just gonna be tougher than ever again. But uh, excited, I, I I like the group that's coming back, and I and I think Panther football is gonna be uh, gonna be pretty special this season. We will get a lot more in depth with it, Gary, as we get closer to the month of September. Thanks for coming on, sharing your thoughts on uh, a disappointing outcome as far as the Big Four Classic uh, going away after this year. Thank you, Gary Rima. Love being on with you guys, and appreciate you guys carrying you and I football and men's basketball. Have a good rest of the summer. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Thanks pal. Gary. Gary Rima, voice of the UNI Panthers. Again, uh, 1700 KBGG is indeed your home, as Gary mentioned, for the Panthers football and men's basketball. Hawkeyes, well, go ahead. Well, I, I was just thinking, uh, hopefully, 
I remember one trip out there to Montana for the Panthers. You followed them out there to Missoula? No, I didn't go. We oh. were sitting in our uh, house in Cedar Falls watching the playoff game against uh-huh. the Grizz. It's when Jake Soliday yeah. had the uh, shot to the midsection uh-huh. that was ejected from the game. <laughs> right. That was a hideous, hideous game. 38 I don't I think remember it was. the score. Uh, hopefully this one's a little bit better. But Montana, they're tough, tough place to play. Yeah, they're tough. I mean, you can usually count on North Dakota State mm-hmm. and uh, and Montana being two of the Georgia Southern. Yeah, they're always good. Couple of the heavy heads, no yes. doubt about it. Jimmy B's Eastern Washington team in the red. You field. know what? They they do jump up and down, yeah. jump up every now and then. No doubt about it. We'll come back after this. We've got the Hawkeye Swarm. We'll find out what they were swarming about when we return. Uh, Dr. Fuller and Trent will be here. We'll set it up when we continue. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Hi, welcome back. As we move into the final segment, it's a long segment, but it's the Hawkeye Swarm. It's a Tuesday, so Trent and Dr. Fuller are going to opine today. We'll get to that in just a second. Of course, all of our guests have appeared on the Dr. Stephen Fuller and Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline, two locations, East 29th Street in Des Moines, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Cappy will be here. Will we be talking about the end of the Cubs five-game losing streak, or will that number reach six? Cappy tomorrow brought to us by Heartland Flags. He's here at 1225. All right, Trent Condon, uh, you and Doc Fuller have uh, entertained the Hawkeye fanship throughout the uh, summer months. I like these segments. Today, you're going to opine on what? I'm going to take a look at tight ends today. Tight ends in the history of Iowa or Ferentz tight ends? Well, mostly Ferentz era. We uh, dip Marv in Cook go back? A little bit. Talk yeah. about him. Jonathan Hayes. Sure. A few, uh, Scott Slesker. I remember that yes. guy. Back of course, in the... hey, is Hayes still on Cincinnati staff? He is still with Marvin Lewis, I think. Uh, that does I think he right. is. Yeah, yeah. Always been there a long time. Had, mm-hmm. a, ni- uh, had a nice pro career and then uh, dovetailed that right into coaching. Um, so, And we bring up the standing tight ends of the Hayden days. I mean, <laughs> it's still so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What do you think back about mm-hmm. it? The tight end at the end of the line with his hands on his hips yep. looking out, and Hayden said it was so they could read the defense. Yeah, it was a, a different uh, different alignment, no doubt about that. So let's talk Ferris. Let's do here and now. Yeah. In your opinion of the Ferris tight ends, and there's been some great ones, I mean, guys that have gone on to have really nice NFL careers, who had the most surprising NFL career to you of the Ferris tight ends? I would have to say Brandon Myers. Me too. A guy that until literally signing day, mm-hmm. that first Tuesday or mm-hmm. Wednesday in February. He wasn't going to Iowa. He was going to you and I. Well, and he would have been a really nice player there. And I'll he, say. He probably would have played in the league there, from there, too. But for a guy that you got because Therese McCrary flipped his commitment. is that I don't remember that part yeah. of the story. Is that right? Wow. Day of signing day, Therese McCrary, a Miami kid, got an offer from Miami. So he flips. That leads to Iowa having a scholarship. They get Brandon Myers to flip. And here we are today. And then to go on, incredibly productive, Tampa, Oakland, big seasons, nice years, and uh, carved up, what, eight, ten years in the league? Ah, he was there. You know what? I want to look it up because I want to get it exactly right, Trent, because like you, the length of his career surprised the you-know-what out of me. How long he played? Um, Tampa, Giants, and the Raiders. He played a total of... Eight years in the NFL. Caught yeah. nine touchdown passes. couple of big years in the middle with the Giants. 47 mm-hmm. catches, 522 yards, four touchdowns. The following year, big one with Oakland. 79 catches, 
806 yards and four more touchdowns there. The pride of Prairie City. Heck of a basketball player, I heard too. those stories. Yeah, yeah, he used to fill the gym. A, a guy um, who I used to work for at Prairie, now he's, uh, I think, chief operating officer of Wild Rose Casino, Tom Timmons, um, was a Prairie City native, and, of course, Mike Shuey and a couple of my friends up there. Just some of the stories that they would tell about Brandon Myers' high school days. And, yeah. I mean, think about that, right? Mm-hmm. A kid who's going to go on to play as long as he did in the NFL and just dominating at the time 2A in both basketball and football. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. I'm anxious to hear, do you rank them? In a way, not not exactly. One thing, looking at Dallas Clark's numbers, not mm-hmm. quite as good as you remember. Mm-hmm. Not quite. His Iowa numbers you're talking about. Right. No, I right. agree with you. I agree with you. Certainly had some highlights. Yes, and as a Mackey Award winner, I anticipated there'd be a little bit more, and and that kind of leads to my conclusion. Noah Fant's probably closer than many people realize of surpassing him and being the tight end of the Ferentz generation. Preaching to the choir, Trent Conn, and he's got a quarterback, too. Nate Mm -hmm. Stanley's going to have a hell of a year. I don't want to get off topic because I know you're going to talk about the tight ends. I think Stanley's going to make have a decision to make at the end of the season. I really do. There's going to be a lot of guys on this There's team. There's going to be a lot of guys. There's that going to be a lot of guys in good. Ames, too. Yeah. It's, uh, yes. it's going to be very eventful December as we move towards that decision date. And I think Nate Stanley's going to be one of those guys. We know Noah Fant is as well. All right, let's do the tight ends. It's uh, time for the Hawkeye Swarm. Take it away, Trent. Welcome back. It's another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm here on 1700 KBGG. Trent Conant alongside Dr. Stephen Fuller with Fuller Family Dentistry. Two locations, East 29th in Des Moines and 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Looking to get those chompers all fixed up. Doc, you'll help the people out, right? You bet. Uh, Give them a bright white smile. Yes, always a good thing. Always a good thing. Well, today we're uh, taking the avenue to tight ends and a position group. Certainly in the Ferentz era over the last 20 years, that is probably at the top of the list when you think about I mean, people talk about the offensive line. That's his background. But you look at the success in the NFL, you look at the success collegiately that these guys have had, it's a long list. And even if we, we cut it off and we don't go back to Scott Sletzker and, and the Hayden tight ends, and we just go over the last 20 years, this is a long list. After number one, though, is it is it cut and dry to you, Dallas Clark? Far and away, number one. I would say so, even though he only played two years as a Hawkeye. I mean, uh, you think about some of the most productive games that uh, and clutch games that uh, he had some great, great uh, stats and and with the, the Iowa Hawkeyes and then went on to the Indianapolis Colts and uh, finished his career there. And how can you not put him at the, the top of your list? You know, looking at, at Clark's numbers, so he wins the Mackey Award in his final season. He goes off, quote-unquote, early the NFL. He's already a fourth-year junior, so and he was old for his grade. I think he was 23 already when he went into the NFL draft, so we're not talking about you know, a 19-year-old like James Daniels making the leap here. This is a guy that was pretty veteran. You know, Looking at his numbers, though, in that season, 43 catches, 742 yards, and four touchdowns. It feel like he had a, a bigger season in 2002 than actually the stats lay out. Well, but, you know, with some of those catches, they were clutch. I mean, you know, when we needed those yards, we needed that first down. Um, I, I'm surprised that he didn't have more touchdowns. I mean, I, I think of some of the clutch touchdown, uh, but those make the highlight reels over and over and over again. But uh, I thought he had more touchdowns that year. 
Had two against Purdue. Remember the 95-yarder up the sideline? Running past me in the student section, uh, down in you the remember that? student section. <laughs> remember the... that one. That, that is one of my favorite Iowa games, though. And, and that'll be a topic this summer, our favorite games inside of Kinnick Stadium. We'll get into, but that's one of my all-time favorites. Wasn't sold out, you know, 64,000, something like that. It was before the train was really rolling that season in 02, but needed a, a big play late by Adolphus Shelton with the interception, but the touchdown, that was the game winner. A beautiful play call. You get Brad Banks rolling out to one side, Dallas Clark sneaking out the backside wide open for the touchdown. And that's, you know, that's typical uh, Kirk Ferentz uh, play. I mean, uh, you kind of slip that tight end out there, and, and um, he he motored it down and got a, a great touchdown against Purdue, and uh, off we were to uh, eventual uh, Orange Bowl uh, year. Now, some of the other names on this list of, of recent history that you go through after Dallas Clark. Now, Eric Jensen was also drafted the same year. Jensen... He was the number two tight end, but a very nice one, and he carved out himself an NFL career. Tony Jackson was also uh, drafted a couple years later. Big play Tony Jackson, as we dubbed him. Didn't make that many big plays, but he was a big body uh, in the mold of Ferentz. You get into Scott Chandler next, and that's a guy that just, he started his career as a wide receiver. You could tell he's going to have to transform his body and move inside and learn how to block a little bit, but... He was a guy that was very clutch, and you could see those wide receiver skills with him. Oh, and and he had some speed. And, you know, when both his brother was throwing to him, mm-hmm. uh, it was Chandler to Chandler, and, and uh, uh, he's made a, a, a real good career in the NFL also. Uh, it, it's a, a beautiful pick. You know, I would say he's got to be up there at number two, uh, especially, you know, with what he did at Iowa and in, in the NFL. And you uh, look at the numbers, his final two seasons at Iowa as a junior, 47 catches, 552 yards, and a couple of touchdowns as a senior, 46 catches, 591 yards, and six touchdowns in that senior year. But uh, his freshman year, him and his brother, they tried, but were never able to complete a pass. I, I don't know how many times they threw that fade pattern to Big Scott down in the end zone, and it it just never worked. It just didn't work. I mean, he overthrew him a few times, yeah. and I think one time he underthrew him yeah. down at his ankles. I mean, you know, big men can't bend over that far. <laughs> All right, so Chandler, in terms of production, certainly is up there. Tony Milwaukee, and he's a guy that, Doc, to me, is, is a great what-if. I mean, so talented. You saw that right away when he was on the field. Perfect combination, size, speed. He had everything, but it's the injuries. Yeah, he had that injury bugaboo uh, even in the NFL. Yeah. And uh, you you wonder what if he would have been healthy and what his stats could have been with uh, the University of Iowa and also the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, didn't he have a knee injury one year and, and mm-hmm. then he suffered uh, kind of a, a shoulder or a, a elbow injury or something that kept him... Not as productive as uh, the Hawks would have liked, but uh, that's a, another good pick. Uh, but you know the what if, mm-hmm. you know, with with the uh, type of injuries that uh, sidelined him, and when he caught that ball, he could motor and he could make those uh, defensive backs pay. Had a big game, night game against Syracuse. What he have a couple touchdowns in that game, and he was making big plays in that one. Uh, I, if there's a guy that you kind of wish back upon that was healthy throughout his career, 
what he could have been at the NFL. I, I think he could have been an all-pro. I think he had that kind of talent. Oh, I think so, too. I, you know, um, for whatever reason, his injuries just just took the best of him and took him out of the game, and he wasn't as productive as, uh, you know, even the NFL and the Hawkeye coaches wanted him to be. But, you know, that that's what they say. Yeah. It's life. It is. It, it is. It's All right. sad. Another guy, uh want to get your thoughts on Breda Myers, a, a semi-local guy from down at PCM, Monroe, and he was targeted to go to you and I. Very good basketball player. Could have played D1 basketball, had opportunities at that, but wanted to play football. He's and a good basketball player. He was really good. I remember watching him down here at the state tournament. Yep. And uh he he could ball, a little undersized for a big man, but at a place like you and I, he could have been a an undersized four and certainly held his own at six five. He liked to get at it and uh you know, he he would always fight for those rebounds and dig that ball out. Uh the games I used to watch him uh, play for in the AAU mm-hmm. uh tournaments and and uh one thing about it, um uh, he uh he was kind of a quasi wrestler going after that ball. He yeah. it was his ball, and he was not going to be denied. And he ended up deciding to come to the University of Iowa, which was good for us. And uh, he had a, you know, I I wouldn't say a, a great stellar career, but he had a a good career at the University of Iowa, and uh, you know, um, not as good as Moyaki and and those guys, but uh, he, his stats held up well enough. Yeah, final two seasons uh, combined, 455 grabs for over 650 yards, nine touchdowns over those two years, five as a junior, four as a senior. So he was able to do a lot and carved out a very long NFL career. But I remember going back to signing day when he signed with Iowa, committed to UNI, looked like he was going there and got the phone call that morning. And I want to say Iowa, the reason that they had a scholarship open up that morning as they had a defensive tackle from down in Miami. I want to say Therese McCrary was the kid's name. And uh, the last day, signing day, he got a call from hometown Miami saying, we got a spot for you. So he called the Iowa coaches, say, I'm not coming. I'm staying home and going to Miami. And Iowa turned out to get Brandon Myers. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good consolation prize when you get a guy that plays in the NFL for eight years. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you... Uh... You trade one for the other, offense for defense. Uh, but uh, I think we ended up with the better end of the deal because uh, uh, I'm not sure. But uh, Miami, you know, that's kind of one of those outlaw uh, programs. And, and it makes you wonder uh, where he is today. Yes, yeah. I think he ended up getting a shot. He played for them and ended up getting a shot in the NFL. Probably not the NFL career, though. That you got out of Braden Myers. All right, a couple other names here. A little more recent history at the tight end position. C.J. Fedorowicz, who continues to do his thing as a big blocker. You just talk about physical. The first time he stepped on the field, that I was a true freshman. And you see this behemoth, six foot seven, two 265 pounds. He was a monster of a young man. And a big target. And, uh, you know, he, he, that first year he wasn't as productive, uh, but... He, he kept thinking he's got to develop his hands, you know, and which he did. And uh, now he's he played with the Houston Texans. And I, is he still with Houston? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was I, as of last season. Now he's battled some injuries. injuries. Yeah, and, and that was part of his problem, I think, yeah. uh, his freshman and sophomore year uh, with the University of Iowa. And but yeah, he uh, 
he would lay it out there. Uh, he would sacrifice his body, and and uh, and CJ, you know, he's a good player too. Yes, came out of Illinois. He did. He did. Home state Illini went after him. Those were his final two choices. Iowa and Illinois certainly made the right choice. No doubt about that, but uh, probably didn't help his bank account uh, during those college oh, days. Oh, Doc, going after the Illini <laughs> with that. There's no slush funds, no slush funds here. We'll leave that aside. All right, Doc, and to the here and now. And uh, looking at this roster, they got a lot of dudes. Noah Fant, who put together an un- unbelievable season with 11 touchdown grabs a year ago, setting the tight end record in that. How high can Noah Fant go? Because... They do have a lot of other weapons that they can do, and you can assume this year that defenses are going to be targeting him. You're going to see some bracket coverage. You'll see a linebacker underneath and a, a safety waiting over top. I think it's going to be more difficult. That that 11, if you're hoping for 11 again this year, I just can't see Fant getting there. Well, he's going to have to you know, do some things uh because he's not an unknown factor now. He's going to have to do, you know, run some different routes and, you know, probably uh, get open a little bit different. And and when the ball's there, I mean, you know, there was times when the ball was uh, delivered to him and he just didn't uh, catch those balls. It seems those harder balls uh, thrown his way, he seemed to scoop those in mm-hmm. and uh, some of those what I would call deeks, uh, they were just too easy for him. I, I think they, uh, and there's a few times when uh, he uh, tried to run before he caught the ball. Uh, so I think if, if he can refine those things, he can be right up there uh, with Dallas Clark and, and leave a mark at the University of Iowa just like Dallas did. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt, and he might leave early for the NFL like Dallas Clark if he puts together a solid season, catches 45, 50 balls this year maybe six or seven touchdowns as opposed to 11. He does something like that. I mean, you look at physical ability. We talked about that with Moiaki. Fant has that as well. And he's usually healthy, and that's that's the nice yep. thing. And, you know, he's got a nice sculpted, sculpted body, yep. you know, and he can get out there and he can, you know, punish those uh, linebackers and even uh, defensive backs when he's out there uh, blocking. So, you know, it's a nice fit uh, for the University of Iowa. And I'm let's say... Let's shoot for a baker's dozen. Baker's dozen, all right. <laughs> Going even higher this year. Look yeah, at well, you know, got a year under his belt. You shoot, know, high. You shoot high, you know. Well, and it's not just him. That's the other thing, is they have a lot of depth at that position. T.J. Hawkinson, I think, is going to be a star after he takes over the number one role, which might be after this year. Hawkinson, I remember watching him at Sheridan, be getting the highlights of the high school games and just the ability that he had. He'd go up make plays in traffic. He's a good blocker already at this point in his career. I think he's got a lot of upside. Sean Beyer, speaking, we were talking with Chandler throwing those fades. They tried that a couple of times with him, including early in the uh, pinstripe bowl, trying to get Beyer one-on-one. He's got a ton of athletic ability. He got Whiting, the blocking guy, just a lot of dudes. And we haven't even talked about Cook. Yeah, there, there's a Cook over there. Another like Cook. The fifth, fifth tight end, though, with this squad and just shows you the depth that they have at that position. Well, and... There's probably times where we're going to see a two tight end formation yeah. just to uh, really confuse and, and help out the running backs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Hawkins, you know, what a, what a find that was. I mean, right. uh, a, a virtual unknown uh, coming in, per se, and uh, put up some nice stats his first year at the University of Iowa. 
So uh, a big one there, looking at the current tight ends. Got anybody old school? One guy that we didn't mention before the Ferentz era that I think bears mentioning. Well, I mentioned Scott Sletzker, who's one of my favorites, and the old stand-up tight end from Hayden, which is still baffling looking back upon that. I mean, the guy's got a block, and you got him standing up. How are you going to get any leverage? But that aside, Jonathan Hayes. Jonathan Hayes, I mean, what a guy. And uh, Hayden had those guys standing up so they could see the defense the yep. way they were lining up. And I think, you know, when it first came out, it kind of confused the defenses because they're wondering, okay, is he going to go out or is he going to block? But, uh, you know, Hayden had great success with that. And uh, I think uh, at times uh, it, it does help to have yeah. uh, your linebacker because you can shift your if, – if you and your quarterback are on the same page uh, – you may have to ad lib and and uh, you know instead of going left, you go right, and you can kind of plan that out between you and your quarterback, and and uh, good things happen. But Jonathan Hayes, what a what a a great player he was under Hayden Fry. A lot of great tight ends throughout Iowa history, and some more currently on campus, and we'll be looking forward to it coming up in 2018. Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller Family Dentistry, and uh, Doc, the 2018 Iowa Mission of Mercy going to be held in Sioux City this year. You and uh, Dennis from across the state getting together and, and giving back to people that don't have dental insurance, don't have the means for it. Tell us a little bit about that event. And I know people can can go and help donate at the Iowa Dental website, iowadental.org. It's put on by the uh, Iowa Dental uh, Association Foundation, and it's a about a day and a half affair, but it takes, you know, time to set it up and tear it down. And, and, you know, there's some great sponsors, you know, Delta Dental of Iowa has helped out and all the dental supply off, uh, companies in the state of Iowa. Uh, they're great and going in and setting it up. And, and basically patients just got to show up and tell them what they want done. And, you know, there's going to be hygienists there and, and, uh, of course, dentists and, and oral surgeons and, and basically, uh, it's routine dental work. I mean, you aren't going to get crowns and bridges and things like that because you just can't get that done in a day. But, uh, a lot of extractions and, and, uh, you know, you get there early in the morning and the line usually is around the corner. And, uh, it, it, every weekend that they do this every year, it's about a million dollars worth of uh, free dental work. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, and it's not only for Iowans because, you know, that's why we move it around the state of Iowa. Uh, you know, they'll come in from the Minnesota, South and North Dakota and even Nebraska. So it, it's, unfortunately, it's something that's very badly needed. And, uh, this is the way the Iowa dentists give back to the uh, state of Iowa. Well, great work from, uh, everybody across the state. And it is the Iowa Mission of Mercy. And you can find out more information, Iowa Dental. Dot org. Dr. Fuller here with the Hawkeye Swarm presented by Fuller Family Dentistry. Doc, we'll do it again next week. All right. You have a good week. All right. So another Hawkeye Swarm is in the books. Uh, good look at the uh, tight ends at the University of Iowa. There have been some very good players. It's a long list. It is a long list. And getting longer. We mm-hmm. talk about Noah Fant, mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson. He's got a chance, doesn't he? Love his game. Yep. I mean, what, what are they going to get out of Cook? Can he become a guy? Boy. Sean Beyer, they, they targeted him early in the pinstripe bowl game. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of upset, great athlete, good size to him. 
The pipeline continues at that position. Indeed it does. All right, you and Jimmy B today, what do you guys have planned? Uh, we're going to recap the Big Cyclone Recruiting Weekend with Alex Halstead from 24-7 Sports. Al Yellen will stop by from Bleed Cubby Blue, talk a little Cubs baseball with him in preparation mm-hmm. of Game 2 of that series tonight. And uh, Tim Dwight and Tavian Banks going to stop by in the 5 o'clock hour promoting their football camp about a month away uh, over in West Des Moines Valley High School with the Tavian and Tim TNT camp. Uh, they'll be stopping by at 5. Good stuff. That uh, will be interesting. Uh, your twins tonight have Lance Lynn, I want to say, on the bump. Who's been better? Yes, he has. He has. Uh, I watched his last, I'm pretty sure it was his last start, um, kind of struggled with, he threw a bunch of pitches in the first inning, if I recall. It was a Jack Morris game. Ah, uh, yes. He he likes to do that. Yeah. Likes to nibble. Right. And when the fish aren't biting, it's not very fun. Well, they look at, they're, they, they're, they're taking on the White Sox. So this is an opportunity to certainly not lose any ground uh, as Cleveland is taking on the Cardinals. That's a fun series as well. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, you're going to have a guy talking Cubbies. We'll see how they do tonight. Um, Got to win one of these games, don't they? You Although they don't win at Dodger Stadium, Trent. Got swept there last year. Swept right. Swept in the regular yeah. season, swept in the postseason. Of course, last night didn't start well for them. Not feeling good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. You don't want to overreact, but uh-huh, no. dot, dot, dot. Preaching to the choir. Happy tomorrow. We'll opine on this Cubs swoon that at least as we uh, take the airwaves today continues on. All right. Hawkeye Swarm. Uh, it was back on Fridays with Trent. Every Tuesdays with us. We appreciate Dr. Fuller. All of our guests appearing on the Dr. Stephen Fuller. Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Jimmy B and TC today, 4 until 6. Trent and I back tomorrow at noon. Thank you for listening to the Ken Miller Show here on 1700 KBGG.